We're at the bottom of Dafnun Zayin, <coughs> two lines from the bottom, by uh, where it says Tanura Banon. So the Gemara here was discussing the meaning of the Mishnah when it said Veloi Bekavul. What's a Kavul? So the Gemara first brought an opinion that said that perhaps a Kavul refers to an emblem that a slave wears in his garment. Then Rabavo says no. It makes more sense to say that the kavul is not this emblem, rather it's a head covering that a woman would, hear, would wear under her hat. Now, in that, the Gemara brought a b'raise to support this, and in that b'raise it mentioned something else, which was an istama. An istama is a scarf that a woman wears on her head to cover any hairs that would stick out from under her hat. So the Gemara here brings a b'raise about this istama, and then it's going to return to the kavul of the Mishnah. Two lines from the bottom of Nazayan Amit Beis. Zakti Gemara Tanara Banan. Learned in Abraisa, Gimbal Dvarim, Nemru Beistema. There are three things that were said regarding the Istema. Ein Bamishum Klayim. The first thing is, this Istema, Klayim doesn't apply. The Isra of Klayim, Shatnes, does not apply. There are various reasons in Rishayim for this. Rashi here says the reason is because it's Eina Tvuya. It's not spun. The threads used for this um, scarf was not spun, it was just um, fibers that they pressed together that uh, made up this uh, garment, this material of this scarf, and therefore the din of climb doesn't apply. The Rishayinim ad though, Taisus over here says that usually even if it's not spun, there should be an Issa of Klaim Midrabonon, even if not Menateira, but there should be an Issa Midrabonon. But in this case, because this uh, Istama does not provide warmth for the person, it's just covering the hairs, so therefore, even with the Rabbanon, there's no Isra of Klein. Then at Metama bin Agayim, the same is also the Tumma of Anega does not apply to this garment. And as Rashi says, the reason is because by Nagayim it says Beged, and we compared the Beged of Anega to the Beged of Klein. We already had this kind of comparison before in the Gemara, in Perik Madlikin, if you remember, when it was discussing the, what, uh, what qualifies for being a Beged, a garment. And on Shabbos, you're not allowed to go out with this istama into the Shusarabim. In the name of Rab Shimon, it was said, There is a Gzeda that Chazal made. This is brought in the end of the Gemara of Saita. That after the Churban, they made a Gzeda that the Torah's Kalas, this is a crown that the, the Kala would wear on her head, that she shouldn't wear this crown. So, regarding this istama, which was made of this material, they did not apply the gzeda. It was made regarding the gold and silver and beautiful things that they wore on their head as a crown, but not regarding this istama. Now the Gemara returns back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, Veloya kavul. So the pshat we said till now is that it refers to the, this head covering that a woman wears under her hat. Shmuel, however, says no, it actually refers to the emblem of a slave. Shmuel Shmuel says, Kavlo da Avdotnan. The Pshat of the Mishnah of the Kavul is this emblem for a slave. And that's what's not allowed to be worn on Shabbos outside in the Rishusarabim, which would then mean that Shmuel holds that the head covering of a woman under her hat is allowed to be worn in the Rishusarabim. Is it possible that Shmuel said that with a kovel, with an emblem of a slave, you're not allowed to walk out in the Shusarabim? But Shmuel said, An Eved is allowed to walk out with this emblem that's hanging around his neck. But not with an emblem that's on his garment. So here we see that he allows an Eved to walk out with an emblem tied around its neck. 
And as Tosus explains, the Gemara's assumption is, the Gemara's understanding is, that in the Mishnah, when it says, it doesn't make a distinction whether it's hanging on his neck or it's hanging on his garment. And therefore, if Shmuel says that in the Mishnah, it says, you're not allowed to go out with a kovel, meaning the emblem of a slave, it, that makes no difference if it's hanging on his neck or on the garment. So how does Shmuel over here say that he could go out with the emblem that's hanging around his neck? Answers the Gemara, loy kashya. There's no question. There's a difference between a case when his master is the one that made the emblem for him. So he's afraid to go out with it. He's afraid that it, uh, if it falls off, he's afraid to go around without it. And therefore, um, he's going to come. So if he's wearing it around his neck, that is. So he's afraid to walk around without it. So if he's wearing it around his neck, he's not going to take it off on Shabbos. He's afraid to walk around without it. Whereas something that he made for himself, he made his own emblem, so he's not afraid of his master. He made it for himself. He might decide to take it off. So therefore, he's not allowed to walk out with it on Shabbos. The distinction between the one that's around the neck and that's on the actual garment, the Gemara will explain. But the point is, the Gemara is making right now the difference between a case where he made the emblem for himself. If he made it for himself, since it's not something which is necessary to wear, he decided to wear it, he might take it off. But if it's something that his master is commanding him to wear and made it for him, we're, af we're not afraid that he's going to take it off uh, from the one that he's wearing on his neck. So what did you now explain that Shmuel was speaking about a case that his master made the emblem for him and therefore when he wears it around his neck we're not concerned that he's going to take it off. So if so, so then if that's the case the same should apply also with the emblem that's on his garment. Why are we not going to say the same thing that he's not going to take it off his garment? His master commands him to wear it. He's afraid to take it off. He's not going to come to carry it on Shabbos. The same like if he wears it around the neck. So what's the difference? So the Gemara explains, no, there's a difference. Dilma Mifsek, regarding the, gar the emblem that's on the garment, it might fall off. Umirsas, and he's afraid. He's uh, afraid to walk around with his garment without this emblem. Umikpale, he's going to take off his jacket, for example. He's going to fold it. And he's going to put it on his shoulders and walk around like that. So, and that's a problem. He's, that's carrying on Shabbos. Even a garment that you're allowed to wear outside on Shabbos, but to take it off and carry it on your shoulders on Shabbos, you're not allowed. You're not wearing it as a garment, so you're carrying. So over here, we're afraid that it's going to fall off his garment. And then he's going to fold his garment. The one that he's wearing on his neck, we're not afraid that when it falls to the ground, he's going to pick it up and walk home with it. He knows he's not allowed to carry it. We'll see soon in the Gemara. In some cases, we are concerned, actually, that he's going to do that. But right now, the Gemara is saying, what he's wearing on his neck, even if it falls off, we're not concerned he's going to pick it up. But if it's on his garment, and if it falls off, what we're afraid is that he might fold his garment and put it on his shoulders and walk home that way. If you go out with a garment that's folded, and you're wearing it on your shoulders, like that way, or you placed it on your shoulders, Shabbos on Shabbos. This is carrying on Shabbos. Same applies as a very important halacha. When you get to any garment you wear, if you're wearing a jacket and you take your hands out of the sleeves of your jacket, there's a part of the garment that's not being used as, as, as a garment should be to be worn, so then you're carrying. So you, wear, you have a jacket, if you're placing it on your shoulders, so you're not wearing it the way the garment is worn, and therefore you're carrying on Shabbos. 
All of the Rabbana that were by the Reish Galusa should not go out with this emblem on their uh, clothing because of this concern that if it'll fall off, they might come to carry their garment on their shoulders on Shabbos. Besides you, Rav Chinana, because the Reish Galusa is not makbar on you, even if you don't wear the emblem, he knows that you're loyal to them and they weren't makbar on him. So if it falls off, he's not going to come to fold his garment on his shoulders. Now the Gemara comes back again to the statement of Shmuel. Guf, um, this is the statement that Shmuel said. A slave could go out with the emblem that's tied around his neck. But he can't go out with the emblem that's attached to his garment. The same it says in Sir, The slave could go out with the emblem on his neck, not with an emblem that's on his garment. So now the Gemara shows us that there's another b'raise that clearly contradicts this. The b'raise says, A slave should not go out with an emblem, whether it's tied around his neck, and also not with an emblem that's tied that's on his garment. So we see that both are forbidden. Clear contradiction to the other b'raisa that makes the distinction like Shmuel between if it's on his neck or on his garment. The Gemara here will now quote the rest of the b'raisa and then come back to answer this question. What does it say in the b'raisa? Either way, any of these emblems ain't makablim tuma. They are not susceptible to tuma. And the Gemara will explain soon why. It's not a keli. It doesn't have a halacha of a keli at all. It's just an emblem. And in order to be makabal tuma, to be susceptible to tuma, it has to have a halacha of a keli. Ibraisa continues another din An Evet should not go out with a bell hanging on his neck. But he is allowed to go out with a bell that's hanging on his garment. Zevizad will explain soon why this is, what's the reason for this distinction. Zevizad, both of these bells, Makablan Tumah, they are Makabal Tumah, they are susceptible to Tumah. And the Gemara will explain this as well. The Gemara will explain the entire Braisa as we'll see. <clears throat> a behemoth should not go out on Shabbos not with an emblem that's tied around their neck or not an emblem that's placed on a, any garment that the animal wears and not with a bell that's tied to its garments and not with a bell that's tied around its neck here, regarding the bells that an animal wears, they are not susceptible to tuma. So before we said a bell that a person wears is susceptible to tuma, the bells that the animal is wearing is not susceptible to tuma. Again, the Gemara will explain why this is. So, now we have the contradiction. Shmuel, and in the first price it said that there's a distinction regarding the emblem. If he's wearing it around his neck, he's not allowed to go out with it because he might fold his garment then and carry it on his shoulders if the emblem falls off. If it's tied around his neck and it falls off, we're not concerned. We're not concerned that he's going to pick up the emblem and walk with it in his hands. He knows he's not allowed to carry it that way. And the other Braith said, the second Braith said, said that either way, either way, a Eved, a slave, is not allowed to go out with any emblem. Not if it's on his garment, not if he's, uh, it's around his neck. It makes no difference. So the Gemara says, Lameth, shall we simply answer? Similar to what we said in the beginning here. There's a difference if his master is the one that is making the emblem for him, telling him to wear this emblem. 
So then he's, we're concerned that he's going to be afraid to wear his garment without the emblem. He's going to take off his garment and fold it on his shoulders. And how David Leel and Afshay, if he made the emblem for himself, if the emblem falls off, so he's not going to wear it. He's not afraid he's going to wear his jacket without an emblem. So he's not going to come to carry on Shabbos. And therefore the B'raisa says that either way, the Eved is allowed to go out um, Oh, the Ovid evil in Afshay, the Braise says that he's not allowed to go out, actually, he's never allowed to go out with an emblem that he makes for himself. So the Gemara says, No, that's not the answer. Either way, the case over here is that his master is the one that's commanding him to wear this emblem. There are two different materials that this emblem is made of. Either the emblem is made from metal, or the emblem is made from clay. If it's made from metal, so it's a more expensive material, so he doesn't want to leave it there. He knows his master is going to be upset at him, that this expensive emblem that he made for him, he lost, it fell off. If it's just a clay, cheap emblem, so then he doesn't, he's not going to come to pick it up. So over here, the Gemara is making a distinction regarding the emblem on the garment, that there are certain cases that we're afraid that he's going to pick it up and carry it on Shabbos. If it's something that it's expensive, and he's, gonna, he's afraid of what his master is going to say if he lost it, if it fell off. So over here, we're afraid that he's going to carry it on Shabbos. If it's something, if it's a material that is, his master is going to be upset with him if he doesn't have this emblem. Then he can't go out with it on Shabbos. He might come to pick it up and carry it. But if it's made of a cheap material like clay, so then he can go out. Even if it falls, we're not going to be concerned that he's going to pick it up on Shabbos. And now it makes sense that this Braise here, the second Braise, that makes no distinction how he's wearing this emblem. Either way, we're concerned because it's expensive that he's going to pick it up and carry it. So it makes sense that it's talking about a metal emblem, Midiktani, because of the other halacha that it says in this Braise. That either way, the emblem is not Mekabal Tumah, it's not susceptible to Tumah. So now the Gemara explains. If we're talking about a metal emblem, so honey, who do Thomas? So that's we understand what the Bryce is coming to teach me that the emblems, although they're made of metal material, but because it's not made into a utensil, so therefore it's not susceptible to Tumma. But the same material of metal, if it is made into a utensil, then it is, it is susceptible to tumma. So that would be what the Braise is teaching me, that these emblems are not considered to be a utensil. But if you're going to tell me that we're talking about an emblem that's made of clay, that's what the Braise is teaching me. So would, would we be able to say that it's only because it's not a keli, therefore it's not makabal tumah? But if it would be a keli made out of clay, it would be makabal tumah? It's either way not makabal tumah. This is a material that even if it is a keli, it's not makabal tumah. Because of Atanya, we learned in Abraisa, kliavonim, kalim that are made from stones, kliglolim, or they're made from dung, kliadoma, made from earth, clay, a makabal tumah. 
So why would the Braise, if it's speaking about a clay emblem, be teaching me that these emblems are not Makabal It's a chathchila material that's never Makabal even if it was a keli. So we must say that this Braise is speaking about a metal emblem. And that explains the difference between what it says in this Braise and the statement of Shmuel. And the first Braise, he was speaking about clay. Regarding clay, if a clay emblem falls from a garment, we're not afraid that the, that the slave is going to pick it up and carry it on Shabbos. It's a cheap thing. He's going to leave it there. We're only concerned in a case where it falls off. Again, if, sorry, let me repeat that again. If it's around his neck, and it falls off, we're not afraid that he's going to pick it up. If it's on his garment and it falls off, we're afraid that he's going to fold his garment on his shoulders. But in the Braise, we're talking about an expensive emblem. So either way, whether it falls from the garment or whether it falls from his neck, we're afraid he's going to come to pick it up to bring it back home because his master will be upset at him. Shmami no, this is a raya, that there's a difference here that the Braise is speaking about a metal emblem. And therefore, it's always going to be usher to wear it on Shabbos. Now going to the other sections of the Braisa. And the next blot of Gemara or so will be discussing the halachas of bells, primarily regarding Tumah. We learned in the Braisa, you're not allowed to go out on Shabbos with a bell that's tied around your neck. The slave that has a bell tied around his neck. He's allowed to go out with a bell that's tied around his garment. So the Gemara asks, the bell that's tied around his neck, why is he not allowed to go out with it? So where was I holding? I'm starting again the Gemara from Omar Mar. <coughs> You're not allowed to go out with a bell that's on your neck, on the, on the slave's neck, that is. But he's allowed to go out with a bell that's on his garment. So the Gemara wants to understand what's the difference between the two. A bell that's tied on his neck, why is he not allowed to go out? Because it can, it can fall off and he might carry it on Shabbos. So a bell that's on his garment, it could also fall off and he may come to carry it. So the Gemara answers, a professional sewed it to his garment and it's not going to come to fall off. Something that's sewn to the garment, there's no gzayda here. This is a statement we had before. The Gemara actually brought this regarding something totally different. The Gemara brought it regarding wearing a woven or a, a, um, yeah, a woven uh, thing that's worn in the hair. And on that, Rav Hunabereder Rav Yeshua said that uh, these strands or straps that are woven, that are worn in the hair by the girls, there's no gzayda that she's going to carry it on Shabbos. But the Gemara is using the exact same statement of Rav Hunabereder Rav Yeshua for something completely different, that a bell that's tied to the, that's sewn to the garment, we're not afraid that it's going to fall off. Unlike a bell that's around the neck, that we are afraid that that bell could fall off. Omar ma the Tanem and the Braise said, so now we're going to talk about the bells regarding Tumah. An animal should not go out, not with an emblem that's on her neck, 
and not with an emblem that's on her garment. And not with a bell that's tied around her neck. And not with a bell that's on her garment. But either way, it's not Mekabal Tume. The bells of an, of, a, of an animal are not considered to be a keli, and they're not Mekabal Tume. So the Gemara wants to understand why not. The Behemeh, is this true that a bell that's used for an animal is not a keli and is not susceptible to tuma? Veraminu, and I'll ask you a contradiction. Zog It says clearly in the Braise, a bell of an animal is tummy. Right there? So it's a clear, clear Braise that says that a bell used for an animal is susceptible to tuma. The Gemara brings the remainder of the Braise. Vishaldeles, a bell that's attached to a door is Tahira, that's not susceptible to Tumah because the door is connected to the house which is connected to the ground and therefore it's not considered to be a keli it's part of what's connected to the ground and it's not susceptible to Tumah How about Shaldeles Vaasila Behemet? It was originally a bell used for a door and now he's changing its use for an animal Tameya, because he changed its use to be for an animal so it is Tameh Shall deles if it's a bell that was used for an animal and it was susceptible for tuma, and now you changed its use to be put on the door. So you would expect that over here, once he changed its use for the door, it should not be susceptible to tuma. He changed its use. So the Braitha says that's not Talacha. Afa Even if he attached it to the door, the Kovibimas made him and he attached it with nails. Tommy. The bell remains tummy. He did not change anything within the bell itself. He just attached it to the door, but the bell is the same bell. And here's the law. Here's the halacha. I believe we had this before also already. Any kalim, they can enter into the status of being susceptible to tumah with your thought. If you designated to being used for a certain keli that's susceptible to tumah, just your thought, you mentally designated it for that, it becomes susceptible to tumah. But something that was already designated for a keli and it's susceptible to tumah, it can't leave that status unless you actually make a uh, difference, you do something to the actual keli itself, change its shape, change its form, do something to the keli itself to change it. Not with any thought or even over here nailing it into a door where the person didn't actually change the bell itself. So going back to the, the subject that we're discussing over here, we have a contradiction. In one b'raise it says that the bells used for an animal is not a keli, is not makabal tumah, and in this b'raise over here it says that the bell used for an animal is makabal tumah. So the Gemara answers like kasha. There's no question. Ha the isli imbel. In a case where the bell has a clapper inside, it's a keli. It's used for that purpose, and it's makabel tume. Ha the lesli imbel. The brayser that says that it's not makabel tume is because it's a bell without a clapper. So therefore, it's not a keli. It's not makabel tume. The Gemara asks, what? What's the distinction? Manavshach. Either way, e manahu. If a bell is has a status of a keli, be the lesley imbol. So then, even without a clapper, it should be considered to be a keli. Ilav monahu, and if it's not a keli, imbol mashvile mana, just because of the clapper, it becomes a keli. So the Gemara says yes. In like Rab Shmuel ben Achmeni said, Om Rab Yehnesin, Om Rab Shmuel ben Achmeni, Om Rab Yehnesin, Minayin lemashmi akoyl beklimatches shehu tomi. How do I know if I have a metal keli? 
And over here we're speaking about a metal bell that because it has a clapper inside, it makes a noise, that causes it to be susceptible to Tumah. Shanamar, because there's a posseg that says, Kol dovor anything that's used in fire, ta'viru be'esh, you have to put it into fire to cleanse it, to purify it. So the Gemara Dashin is the word dovor. The word dovor here is extra. Why does it say that word? Even something that makes noise, that makes a sound, like a dibur, when a person speaks and he makes a sound, even if your keli is just in the sense that it has a clapper and a bell, and that clapper makes the sound, that itself is a reason that it should be susceptible for tumma and you have to purify it. Taisus over here points out the obvious that this pasuk kol el davar be'esh is not talking about the halacha of being makabel tuma. It's talking over there about the case of when they brought the kalim from Midian, and the Torah is telling you that you have to be toivel kalim, you have to be metayer kalim, you have to be kasher the kalim that was used uh, in things that are not kosher. That's what the pasuk is talking about. But Taisus says because it's an extra pasuk, the Gemara brings it into this subject and dashes it for this subject regarding tuma that the word davar teaches me that if there's something that makes a sound, it makes it susceptible to Tumah. So now the Gemara says, what have you explained the Braise? The Braise that we had before regarding the animal, that if it has a bell, it's not susceptible to Tumah. What is this? Why? Because there's no clapper. Now, so let's go to another case in the Braise. What was the middle, the second case of that Braise? So talking over there about the slave. The slave is not allowed to go out with a belt tied around its neck, but he's allowed to go out with a belt that is on his garment. And then it said, But the bell is susceptible to Tumah. E the less lay imbol, but if the bell does not have a clapper, mimakabli tuma, would this bell, even worn by a human being, be makabal tuma? Uh, you might think there's a distinction maybe between a bell worn by an animal or a bell worn by a, a human being, but the Gemara says this is not the case. But I mean, oh, I'll ask you a question from a Braise where it says, So a person makes bells. What is he using the bell for? One is a machteshes. This is when they crush the spices to make an aroma. So the sound of a bell is good for this process. We say this every morning in the Ketaitis. The sound, the voice of speaking or the sound of the bell is good for the spices. A bell that's made to place in a cradle, in a, in a crib for a baby to help it uh, go to sleep. Or bells that were placed on covers of svarim. So when the teacher brings the svarim into the classroom or wherever he's learning, the children should hear the teacher coming. Where am I? Uh, um, or the bells that are made on garments or bibs that children wear, so the parents should know about uh, where they are, where they're going. Yeshlam imbo, if there's a clapper, tmein. Then these bells are going to be tamei. Einlam imbo, if they have no clapper, tahirin, then they're tahir. Nitlu imbaleyen, if the clapper was removed, it had one, but it was removed, adayin to mosanaleyen. Then the tumma remains. So one of the cases in this b'raisa was the, the, the bell that is used for children. So and over here it says that only if it has a clapper is it tummy. So if we said that the b'raisa before was speaking about a bell without a clapper, and one of the cases in that b'raisa was the bell that a slave wears, and it says that it is makabal tummy without a clapper. So what's the difference between that case and this case of the bells used for the children? So the Gemara answers, 
Over here in this Braisa, when it says that it has to have a clapper, that's a bell that's used for a child. That's what its whole purpose is. It's made for the parents to know the whereabouts of their child when he's walking around, the noise. So without it, the bell is useless. It's not a keli, it's not accomplishing anything. But for an adult, wearing the bell is as an adornment or as a decorative purpose. Tachshetule, it's a decorative thing for him. Afagav, the Leslie Imbel, even without a clapper, it's still going to be susceptible to Toma. Okay, we'll stop at the Gemara over here. We have some more left to the Amit for today, but this begins a sugya that's going to carry all the way into Nuntesa Meralef, and we'll learn it in Mitzvah Shem tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody. Tzachadabe and everything you do.